And now a word from our sponsors. All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan. This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Masari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 148. Welcome. Welcome to the world of Myth Bits. It feels like it's been forever since I've recorded. It really does. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a while. Busy. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, what a busy bumblebee. I experienced, I mean, I'll get into it later because I have a lot to talk about since I haven't been able to talk. Uh, I think I experienced my first major 
burnout since the beginning of the year. <laughs> and uh, it definitely feels a little bit more reassuring to kind of get back into things. So before I go off for an entire tangent regarding <laughs> everything and all the big feels I've been feeling, uh, we've got a bit of housekeeping. So we'll run through that. First and foremost, Zombieworks has officially closed submissions to Natural Instincts, so check your emails for acceptance or rejection letters this week. The finals for the third annual Open Contract Challenge deadline will be in 11 days on October 1st. So Peggy and Jim, you all need to get yours finished and to Walter no later than 11.59 Pacific Standard Time. PM <laughs> for clarification. Uh, also, a Jason Wadcast hosted podcast, The Grindhouse Sleaze, with Alan Russo and David K. Montoya, will be going into an indefinite hiatus while Alan, who works as a paramedic, continues to fight the good fight against COVID. And as for Dave, well, it's Dave. Uh, thank you both for your uh, extraordinary prowess dealing with this exhaustive virus. There are talks about who will be replacing the show and more information in the weeks to come. Also, Myth Mart is fully stocked and is not scheduled to be restocked until the first week of October. So go to www.mythmart.com and get a copy of Walter G. Esselman's Liberty's Run or S. Sadie Burbank's Anniversary Edition of Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner. Scarefare has signed on its final celebrity guest, and her name is Darcy the Mail Girl. You might know her from The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, and they will be appearing together. So for tickets or more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And finally, the World of Myths 100th issue is set to go and will be the largest issue in the 17-year run of the magazine. I can not give anything official away, but I have heard... Uh, the estimated number of entries, and oh boy, we definitely are going to have our work cut out for us for the review. So that's that's going to be a whole feat. I also think uh, it's going to go without saying. I think I said it a couple a couple weeks back regarding the review for the hundredth issue. I think we're going to need time. We're going to need time to process that many amazing submissions and pieces. Holy crap. Uh, but they, I think ultimately it'll be absolutely worth it because um, it's the hundredth freaking issue. It's a big deal. Hey. You know, time, time has been moving very weird, I feel. I don't know if it's just been like the past year or two, but it just feels like time has kind of recalibrated its own and new tools. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually very surprised to check the old calendar earlier this morning, and it's actually the end of 2021. I know. <laughs> Even keeping track of the year, like, I'm so confused. Uh, I, was just... say, I was about to say 2022, but I know. no, it's already done. <laughs> Pretty horrible. COVID year three. 
probably going to be something we're going to have to live with. Anyway, yeah, no, it, it's just it's kind of been been shocking to me to feel like how time has just passed. You know, I went to write back to somebody because I, I do I, I am a horrible, horrible responder <laughs> if uh, somebody writes to me I am always like oh I'm gonna respond when I make sure that that this message can have my full attention I don't like to talk to people you know if I'm I'm preoccupied or anything like that just because I want people to have my full attention and vice versa um so nine times out of ten honestly something just kind of goes like in my to to do list like oh I'll, I'll write back to that I I think I set my personal record and I think I went like two months and I mean to be fair like I, I had said at the beginning I think most of it was just that that on onset of that burnout and I've been feeling it I've been complaining about it like pretty much every episode we record I complain about it and it finally happened but I feel like I, I, I made a real turn today when I actually wrote back to somebody after like two months. Hopefully they are forgiving of that because there are many apologies thrown around. But no, I, the point is it did not feel like that time had, had passed, you know, because it feels like we had just talked last week. And I know even like with projects we're working on and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's right around the corner, October 1st. And that ultimately means 2022 is right around the corner too. And it's freaking me out. <laughs> it's freaking me out. And I think that gives me a lot of anxiety. You know? Mm -hmm. Like I said, I've been feeling a lot of feels that I kind of wanted to dissect. Not the way it sounds like, oh, I've been, I don't want to complain more about the burnout or anything like that because I'm, I'm on task again. There are just, there are just things, just things I want to talk about that I haven't really gotten to talk about at length. Such as? <laughs> on the notion of my big, my big feels, I am a hyper fixator as well. I hyper fixate. It is, I don't know if it's a coping mechanism, a trauma response. I don't know what the heck it is. I just hyper fixate. And if anybody watches the show Lucifer, we know that just ended. It, it aired on the 10th and it just ended uh, on the 10th when they aired because <laughs> it came out on Netflix. I just finished it. Oh man, I don't know. Like that one is a big one because that just made me think a lot and then I started binging because I'm again a hyper fixator uh doom patrol which makes me feel all the feels then I think the big thing I kind of wanted to talk about was the season of American Horror Story and I swear if you don't watch it this is relevant and I don't want to spoil anything so we'll keep that to an absolute minimum but oh boy. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and spoil it because you can't talk about it without spoiling it. Because well, I wanted, you don't have to spoil the last episode. I wanted to talk with Walter about this. And I was trying to I was trying to, you know, ask him a couple of questions. Um, 
if you haven't heard, I did a interview with Walter G. Esselman last week. Go ahead and give that a listen to about his new book coming up. But I kind of want to ask him about the American Horror Story, uh, the new season, because it revolves heavily around writers and authors and everything about just them, creatives in general, about them chilling in the cabins. And he writes these amazing stories after they take that little pill. Remember the chemist? Went, I'm not quite sure why they have an alien on the thing. Uh, hold on. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. I've already explained it to you. <laughs> well, that's because it's the part of the second part of the... Yeah. Which is weird because I thought we'd already be in the second part already. Mm-mm. But that's okay. <laughs> but it's like the the way the, the little girl acts and whatnot, you have some kind of the same feelings and some of the same thoughts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh. I'm... Yeah, that this season is giving me an identity crisis. I tell you what. <laughs> well, it's just like the the notion of holding the hand mirror up as you're sitting there and you're looking in yourself in the mirror and you're in the hand mirror and you're she's reciting the line. She says, "Yes, I am the greatest." <laughs> <laughs> so I so let's let's go back. Let's explain the. This, the the plot of this season of American Horror Story, because uh, it's hands down uh, probably one of the best seasons in a very long time in terms of actually getting there. And I think part of it is because it's shorter than most other seasons. Most other seasons are like 10 to 13 episodes. I think this one, it's split into two halves. So I think there's only going to be like seven, seven episodes devoted to one story and then five or six devoted to another story it's kind of a you think it's going to be kind of like a shining-esque homage but it's it's actually not but it is kind of is so a writer retreats with his family to uh the cape in massachusetts cape cod it's it's off season and ultimately he meets a famous writer and a famous what is evan peter what is his characters he's a playwright playwright thank you right (laughs) he wasn't in the last episode i kind of forgot we meet these these two famous creatives who spend all their time in the car the the cape the cape uh off season and that's when they do all their best writing uh because they get to sit back relax etc etc our main character discovers that one of the main reasons they're able to do their best writing is because they take this this little black pill and this little black pill basically uh it unlocks a true creatives any kind of creative block and it just lets you go it lets you go hard and you create the best of the best of the best that you possibly can and there's tons of jokes about like Quentin Tarantino and like all these other famous creatives and whatnot who who take the pill and all that the downside of the pill is you begin thirsting for human blood and thereby you begin mutilating and killing people to drink their blood but the good news is the minute you feed you can get back to writing (laughs) the best of the best for people who ultimately aren't talented they become a uh, very Nosferatu esque looking vampires. I'm not even kidding. They uh, minus you know, Nosferatu's famed 
frontal fangs. <laughs> they look like like Nosferatu. I really like this story. I think it poses a lot of interesting questions. Again, I like it because I I really love American Horror Story. If you couldn't tell, I I have been a fan since it first aired. But I will be the first to tell you and to tell anybody who's like, oh, should I watch it? It gets so convoluted. And there are, I mean, each season tackles like 60 different themes and you're like, okay, that's a lot. And sometimes it just gets exhausted. The season so far, that's one of the things I love about it because we are really focusing on this one major theme. And it works. It works because it's not too much happening. It's not, I mean, we're not distracted and the time is filled quite well as opposed to other seasons where you're like, why are we spending time on this? Um, (laughs) This one, it works. And like I said, like watching it kind of gives me a little bit of an identity crisis because of course you're like, what would happen if if I took the pill? <laughs> you know, would I would I be would I would I go on to produce the greatest things I could create or would I turn into the Nosferatu monster who just can't cuz the whole thing is you're facing your mediocrity when you become one of those Nosferatu-esque vampires. That's that's the mediocrity of it. And of course, I think that's every creative person's biggest fear is being found out as mediocre. You know, whether you're finding it out for yourself or somebody else can see it. Like, it's so stressful. And this this story is stressing me out because I hate how much I'm thinking about it. I'll tell you what the ending is. The ending is the chemist comes through and she says, guess what, guys? This pill absolutely did nothing at all. It was a placebo. And guess I, what? I have a feeling it's going to do true, something like that. Yeah. True talent comes from lots and lots of time and hard work. Surprise. You know. Yeah, because my my whole theory is it actually doesn't have to do with literal talent. You know, with with what is presented as being super talented because Art as we know it is subjective, and that's the whole spectrum of art. There are people to me who, I mean, are are famous artists, writers, actors, musicians, and I genuinely am like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I, that's, I think, every person. Every person has an opinion on why certain certain famous figures are famous in the first place based off of the 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 media they create so because art is so subjective ultimately it comes down to our opinions of ourselves right so if a character if a person a creative is fairly certain of their talent even if they they're experiencing writer's block etc etc or any kind of mental block that's preventing them from producing their their work. They're still sure of their talent. It doesn't matter if they're actually mediocre. It doesn't matter if they're actually not very talented. What matters is how sure they are of their ability. And so they take the pill and they whip these these masterpieces out. People who are unsure, who you know, maybe think like, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm good enough. I think I'm good. 
enough to take this pill and be okay, <laughs> you know, and, and not turn into one of those horrid creatures preying upon uh, the town at night, I think, <laughs> you know, and I I admittedly fall into that category like all the time. I'm always second guessing everything, you know, and so I don't know, like it's just it's such it's such a silly concept because you know it's it's not realistic, you know it's not fathomable, but you can't help but sit there and almost obsess over it because like you were saying, the 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 main character's daughter, she is an aspiring uh violinist. Girl makes some points. Like <laughs> she really does. And if you've watched or if you plan on watching, please don't think any lesser of us for saying that. <laughs> But she does. She does make some points. It's, oh, it's just a frustratingly insightful season that just kind of makes you panic. Makes me panic. Best season they have, I think. I think so, too. I think so. What do you think would happen with you? What if you took the pill? (laughs) Uh, Well, because we're certain, and I am certain of work and ability, I'm going to say that I think I'll be just fine. Because I'll tell you what is why I'll be just fine is if you have any doubt, then oh, guess you're Nosferatu, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so you better be sure before you pop that baby. That's I've always, true. I've always had a fascination with augmented intelligence, such as like that movie Limitless or uh, Flowers for Algernon. Mm-hmm. I really love that book. When I was in, I think it was like, I think I was middle school, early years of middle school, when I first read through that book found it in the library for some reason it just it called me for some reason at the library so i read it through and i was like what's going on here and it stuck so i've always had the fascination and once they already took the pill to create this creative mindset now and it obviously wasn't a new idea but they put a little spin on it uh, i just love that aspect to it i think it's the best season while we're on the subject please of creatives i need to plug <laughs> to plug Ben Barnes's new mm. music video 1111 I'm going to put in the show notes please go give that a listen he is a I think actually on Instagram actually I put that on Instagram on the story I said that uh, uh what was it Ben Barnes is, is hope that walks through this world mm-hmm. or something like that as my man yeah it was it was it was I can't say what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> it was aesthetically pleasing, let's put it that way, for for most most parties involved. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I said I only saw about from having time. <laughs> yeah, it was funny too because, like, on my Instagram feed, um, somebody I follow, she's she's a huge huge nerd icon, and I love her to death. She actually worked on the set, so it was just funny, kind of scrolling through my feed. And she was actually just working on the set. And I was like, hey, I didn't know this was crossing over. It's Chloe uh, Dixtra. Oh, it's dope. Mm-hmm. Well, her dad worked on Star Wars. So hmm. that's kind of funny. Anyway, yeah, that was, a, that was a, good, a good song, a good video, everything. I think the video was very pretty. Well, it's well put together. Yeah, you know, it was definitely. A, he, he listed the entire team and took it. Obviously, it took an entire team to put that together. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, without his brainchild, though, you know, 
I kind of miss that. Like, that's one of the things I I get nostalgic for. Theatrical. Theatricality. Right. Of music videos. Well, yeah, because he he set it up more so as it's a a showman piece. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just, it's, it's, um, if you think back to like the, I think it was kind of the 80s, but not really the 80s. Uh, I'm not necessarily talking about like Bonnie Tyler and, and Meatloaf, like the theatricality of their videos, even though I do miss that. Uh, but like with it, yeah, we'll throw them into the mix. Going into the 90s and stuff where we just had like full, full scenes, like full little mini three minute movies. Music videos. That's because you know Michael Jackson kicked that off. Yeah, Remember with uh, Thriller. Mm-hmm. He actually got a uh, what was it? He, he actually got a director, a movie director. Yeah, and that was the first time that was ever heard of. Yeah, Michael Jackson's like, I want a movie, and they're like, What? He's like, I want a movie. Mm-hmm. I know. I just I miss that. Like even you know Lady Gaga. Uh, that was kind of kind of the whole shtick for a minute. There was uh, getting. I can't remember his well, name because of everything that happens at the house. Like I, I showed you that that music video, showed you that music video where they shot it on an iPhone, mm-hmm. and it, it, it if you you know took a look at it and look didn't you know know that it was shot on an iPhone, you'd, you'd see think that was pretty professionally shot. Mm-hmm. You know, home studios and everything you can whip out these professionally produced videos now. You know, yeah. As long as you've got the space. You got the space and the money, you got the equipment. Not even the money, because I mean look at like we're working on a project right now. Oh no. Well, yeah, we're working on a project right now. And one of my first thoughts was because we need to film like something very specific. And it's like honestly, I have a nice handheld camera, but (laughs) you've also got an iPhone and I've got an iPad. And I don't know. Does the iPad have the same cameras? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Nearly there. I think the the super super fancy iPhone is slightly better. The Pro. Uh, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. It has like three cameras on it. Yeah, it's got like a slightly better camera than the iPad. I don't know. I personally don't really care. I like a good camera on my phone. But <laughs> yeah, good stability control though. Yeah. Jamming that little camera along there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the, I guess I've just. I don't know. These are these are the things that have just been saving me the past couple of weeks. It's just hyper focusing on the the work I have control over, and then my my TV, <laughs> my TV shows, my programs, if you will. And it's kind of funny because. You know, if anybody watches Lucifer, it's been a, a long, wild ride. Just if you if if you're a fan of it, you know, you know why, because the show the show aired on cable and then it got canceled. Right. And it got canceled at a point in the show where it was like, are you kidding me? Like it was a cliffhanger and everything. And you're like, seriously, seriously, <laughs> this is the time. Then after it, it took I want to say it took like a year, maybe two years. It took a while. It's probably like a year. Netflix came in and was like, we'll pick it up finally. And everybody was like, what? Okay. So then the show did, what was it? Two seasons. I may be totally off on this. They did two seasons on Netflix. 
and then they were going to end it on season five. And the writers, bless them, had written the show to end in season five. A couple days before they had actually wrapped filming, they got a call and Netflix was like, actually, you guys can have a sixth season. And so these writers had to scramble to untie all of those loose ends that they had tied up and figure out how to continue the story. So they went back to filming during the the whole COVID pandemic, it was the, the, the peak of the COVID pandemic. It was actually after. But they went back, filmed a bunch of stuff, then put it all together. Then they filmed season six right after. And now it is finally for reals over. <laughs> and again, I there is something to be said. I know the writers, I I want to say, again, could be totally wrong on this. I want to say some of the writers from Lucifer had actually worked for Supernatural because it was brought up how Supernatural kind of went through a lot of that that up and down in terms of it's either getting canceled or it's getting picked up. It might not get picked up. It might be canceled. That whole <laughs> painful, painful orchestra of television programming. When you're working for a show like that, especially because Supernatural ran for like how many seasons? Like freaking 17? Something like that. Like it was a lot of seasons. Stephanie? Stephanie, give me a call and tell me. I'm sorry I don't didn't watch Supernatural. You watched some of it, didn't you? No. Uh, I know your sister is obsessed. Yeah, she's obsessed with it. And I, I think she had me watch maybe one or two episodes of it. I mean, it just, I don't know. I yeah. Caught on to it. I think for me, it's just, it's a fear. <laughs> so much, so many episodes. So many, so many to even catch up with is why I've always been hesitant to start. You you have to have such a talent as a writer to be able to give something enough closure to where people, the audience, won't be angry, but also keep it just open enough to where if it does get picked up for another season, you know, it'll be fine. And it's always risky, especially if, I mean, like, unless you're Westworld or The Handmaid's Tale, like, super big budget shows... There's always going to be a chance. I mean, look at look at the the Marvel universe on Netflix. They all got got nipped in the bud really 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 prematurely. And they did well. I mean, the fact that like Daredevil got canceled is is still shocking because of how well it did. I don't know. How far can you go? How many ninjas oh, yeah, did that boy fight? Oh yeah, for real. Like I totally agree. It just it, it the the third season was like its peak season. Oh, I'm guessing like there's you know, probably hundreds of comic books. I'm not sure. How many comic books are there? Doing? I don't even know. I don't know. Point is, it's very How many ninjas. My boy got a fight. <laughs> well, that's kind of why it's like they did the Defenders, to where you can mesh them all. That's where the Marvel Cinematic Universe has kind of done itself favors by introducing oh my god hundreds of superheroes so that way you can you can make all the money you want to make <laughs> let's be real about it disney um anyway <laughs> the marvel netflix universe unfortunately though yeah but you I mean like look at look at that like you have hundreds of superheroes but like even like check out the end of lucifer seems a little familiar doesn't it oh yeah no Hold on, I'll get on that in a second. Point is, writers 
when you live in that perilous world of is it a for sure thing? Like, are we good for three seasons or is everything up in the air? And so I give these writers who are on the edge of their seats, you know, and especially these writers who knew on Lucifer, who knew that it was going to be the end of the end of the show. But then lo and behold, they were like, you know what, actually, like, that's got to suck. So the the final season, honestly, like little tiny infractions, things where you're kind of like, wait, what? And there weren't so many like plot holes or anything like that. Just there were um, moments where it was kind of like, wait, they, this could have been solved much easier. But OK. And again, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, the the end of Lucifer as much, and I I have thought on it, and I have cr- I cried, I ugly cried, and no shame. It's 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 blessedly familiar to a certain a certain show that um. And those guys are both in the same universe, right? They are both in the same universe. Yeah, <laughs> that also said show featured. The other show that I've been uh, binging, which is Doom Patrol, which takes place a DC, a DC comic show, and I, I'm still only on season one, but holy crap, Batman! I think it is, and maybe I'm totally in the wrong, maybe, but my opinion is my opinion, and I genuinely think it is one of the best achievements for superhero content and if you couldn't tell up to this point like I take in a lot of it (laughs) like a lot of it it's so freaking good and even you it's like you'll come home and I'll have it on and you're like oh I don't really want to watch this but then I'll watch you I'll watch your head just turn as you hear something and you're like it was Chumbawamba. What? <laughs> Chumbawamba. But it's so good. And I think what makes it so good, if you've watched it, if you haven't, whatever the case, holy crap, one of the best examples of character development I have ever seen. I can't even compare it to anything. It's incomparable to any other comic media I have seen in terms of character delivery and making you give such a crap about these characters. It's so good. It's so, so good. It's aesthetically gorgeous. Music pristine. Oh my gosh, the scene where they used David Bowie's Lazarus. I, oh, give me chills. This is just me advocating for people to watch more TV, I guess. No, it is funny, though, because on that point, when I work, when I'm drawing, it usually takes me anywhere from a week to two weeks. And that's when I'm working on it predominantly as my main thing, you know, my main my main job at the time, Uh, because, again, I hyper focus and it's hard for me to delegate multiple projects at a time. So... One thing I tend to do is when I'm working, that's when I pick up, you know, putting on something in the background because I'm hyper focused. I pay really close attention to it, 
you know, just hearing it and everything. So that's that's how I started watching Lucifer was several years ago. I was working on a piece for a horror show, horror show, and I was working on a Jennifer's Body piece, which if you've never seen Jennifer's Body, cult classic, amazing movie, terrific. That piece gave me so much trouble. I was working on that piece and I have distinct memories of what I learned from that piece, how I worked on that piece, what I did to do that piece. And I even have memories of like how I was presenting it and everything, like how I was getting it ready to display, like the actual distinct memory. And I was watching Lucifer. I started binging Lucifer. And so I just think it's kind of funny that I am actively working on a new Jennifer's body piece. And I just finished Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me sad, but it makes me happy. Point is, uh, I just think it's really fun when I kind of hark back to these these programs, these shows, movies, uh, music, podcasts, all of these these things that I will like eat up. While I'm working on something. And then I have such positive memories of it. Like <laughs> just. I don't know. It makes me happy. Um, like my my Disney pieces. That I was getting ready for a Disney art show. I was watching Schitt's Creek. And so now every time I look at them. I think of Schitt's Creek. And I get happy. <laughs> so. Very nice. This is what my brain has felt like for the past couple weeks just constantly going just moving 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 i am very sorry that i just rambled Uh, that's fine but you know what i think we've got scary fairy around the corner anyways yeah that that's october 30th (sighs) like you said october 1st is right around the corner as well yeah very nice and we've got we've got a show we're going to on october 1st a concert our first concert in Long time. Long time. Very long time. And luckily it's all COVID protocoled and everything. Mm. Um, and we're we're old. Which is so. interesting because actually it's at the same venue. No, it's not. It is. It's no, the same venue as no. the last concert we went to. No, because the last one we went to was Amanda Palmer. Technically, but I don't really count that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I like that venue. It's, oh, the Troubadour is a great venue. It's super, super nice. Just the the show itself, it was a little... It was good. It was just... Yeah. Also, I'm not old. I'm saying... My point is... They're the, the, the writer of... Um, he's just not that into you. I can't think of his freaking name. He's Justin com- Long. <laughs> no, he's not the writer. Justin Long. He had a joke about like uh, old people concerts. And it was like the concert starts at this time and for sure gets out at this time and all this. And anyway, it's a long running joke that I have like, like grabbed onto since I heard the joke when I was like 18. I used I think everybody used to be the person who was like, I'm going to get the front of the line. We're going to be front row. I don't care if it takes literally all day, especially with the type of bands I was interested in (laughs) and I'm still interested in. Uh, today, however, the past couple years, I'm like, I just want a seat. I want to sit down and I want to enjoy the show. I don't want to compete with people who's going to be closer to the stage. I I don't want that. And so luckily you got (laughs) cozy, comfy seats 
and hopefully we luck out because I think last time we were like actually on the edge. Oh, that'd be nice. I don't really care. I I don't really care for those seats. Yeah, it's at the Wiltern in Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful venue. Yeah. Then we've got Scarefare, and I've still got so much to get ready for. I am, I'm like, ugh, yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, scary fair. I get scary fair, and then right around the corner after that, it's going to be PCE. Mm-hmm. Also, a few months later, but also we have other um, events. Yeah, other events. Yeah, everything's it's, a mess right now in terms like of rescheduling you know? and stuff. Yeah. Like, whew, my buddy Ben, he's doing all the cons that he had signed up for <laughs> like two years ago. And now he's like on a, a, a whole new tour of these shows. And I think some of them are still even up in the air, yeah, which is a little scary. Oh, well. So thank you very much for listening to me. Just not even rant, rave, rave. I think rave is a, is a befitting word. Yeah, you haven't been able to talk about it in a couple weeks. <laughs> I haven't. Up. <laughs> I've been saving it all for for anybody who needs somebody to talk to. If you recently watched the Lucifer finale, the Lucifer season six finale, uh, you may be entitled to <laughs> set up your own hotline <laughs> just to talk to people. <laughs> I woke up the day after watching it. I cried like I. I'm an emotional person, okay? I really am. But I can't say that's ever happened to me. I was still thinking about it and woke up crying. And here's the worst part, though. Here's the worst part. Because dealing with these emotions, these these shows and stories and all of that that I'm very invested in that make me cry and send me on these these intense emotional rides the cornerstone of all of that is every night for a couple hours to just relax i have been playing on repeat south park the stick of truth as well as (laughs) south park the fractured butthole you can see how those (laughs) those sectors of entertainment crossing over with deep, deeply emotional <laughs> entertainment <laughs> and in between catching up with all of this excellent television programming we've been recommending this episode you've been recommending <laughs> no you recommended american you've been horror story you've been recommending american horror story the oh, new yes, season I do recommend that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find us online at www.theworldofmyth.com, on Facebook and the Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine, and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Thanks for listening. Until next time.